You're listening to the Clergy Chick Podcast. My name is Rhonda Blevins. I'm the Clergy Chick. From October the 11th, 2020, at Chapel by the Sea in Clearwater Beach, Florida, the text is Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. I therefore, the prisoner in the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all who is above all and through all and in all. But each of us was given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it is said, when he ascended on high, he made captivity itself a captive. He gave gifts to his people. When it says he ascended, what does it mean? But that he had also descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is the same one who ascended far above all the heavens, so that he might fill all things. The gifts he gave were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until all of us come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. We must no longer be children, tossed to and fro, blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness and deceitful scheming. But, speaking the truth in love, We must grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by every ligament with which it is equipped, as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth in building itself up in love. I hold before you a strand of yarn. I don't know if you can see that if you're watching via YouTube or if you're in the back of the sanctuary there. This is a simple strand of yarn connected to a skein. I'm told that's what this is. I I had to go out and buy some yarn because I didn't own any, but then neither did Sumon Kreef, so I don't feel so bad. A strand of yarn by itself really isn't very useful, is it? It's not really, I mean, maybe, maybe I could tie it on my finger as a reminder to, you know, pick up the dry cleaners or call the doctor or keep my sermon short, Ed Drosty. But I mean, really, it's not living into its fullest potential as just a a strand of, of yarn, is it? The Apostle Paul writing to his friends in Ephesus, is writing to encourage them to live into their fullest potential. 
to not be like a strand of yarn not living into it. He's writing to encourage them. Now, he knows these folks. In fact, he started this church. He started it on his second missionary journey, and then he came back and on his third missionary journey, and he spent probably a couple of years in Ephesus growing this church, uh, making it happen. He, he grew it from 12 Jewish men that he had converted on his first, or no, excuse me, on his second missionary journey. 12 Jewish men, and now he's writing to them about 10 years later. They've been in existence as a church body for about 10 years. He's writing to them from prison in another city. And they have grown from those 12 Jewish men to now a diverse congregation, Jews and Gentiles. They were multi-ethnic. They were multi-racial. They came from a variety of socioeconomic backgrounds. And, he, and they're pretty strong. They're a strong church um, on the coast, kind of known for as a tourist destination. Does that sound like any church you know? They were a strong church, but like any diverse group of people, there, there, were, there were some difficulties Finding the unity and diversity was, was becoming a challenge for them. So Paul writes to them to encourage them to find unity as a church. He reminds them that the beauty in their church is its diversity. There are many gifts. There are many types of people. We have different gifts. We have different ideas. And it's beautiful when we can come together in our diversity and find unity. And so that's what he's writing to encourage his friends there, reminding them that to be a healthy church, they must continually bring in diverse people into their church body. And it's not so different than us as individuals. To be a healthy church, you have to bring in unique and diverse people. To be a healthy individual, we must throughout our lives bring people in to our circle. Our circle of friends, our circle of family, continually bringing people into our circle if we are to be a healthy, well-adjusted human being. I read a book a few years ago called Aging Well by Dr. George Valent, I think is how you say it. He's a professor in Harvard Medical School. And he writes, um, well, first of all, it's a fascinating book because what he did is over the course of five decades, 50 years, he tracked young adults from the time they were young adults until the time that they became senior adults. He wanted to learn, and he, he led this study, trying to discern what makes for what he called happy well adults compared to uh, sad, sick adults. Which group would you rather be in when you're older? Would you rather be happy well or sad, sick? All right, happy well, probably most of us. So what makes the difference? And, and the whole book is fascinating. It talks about a lot of things. But one of the things that stuck out to me all these many years ago that I read this book is this line in the, in the longitudinal study that he led his team to do. The first retirement activity, he writes, the first retirement activity should be to create new relationships as fast as the old ones are lost. 
The first retirement activity, if you want a meaningful retirement, he writes, to bring people in as we lose people. And the thing is, as we get older, we understand what loss means. We, we begin to become f- familiar with losing friends, losing loved ones, whether we move away to a new city like Trudy did. Love you, Trudy. Hope you're watching. We, we've lost Trudy, at least physically. We lose people. They move away. Uh, people die. You know this, no surprise to you. We become estranged sometimes from people that we love. We lose people along the way. And as we lose people, we must reinvent our social circles if we want to be happy well. Senior adults. Now, enter the year 2020. Dun, dun, dun. What a difficult challenge it is to bring people into our lives as we are social distance and as the pastor threatens to come around with a six-foot stick and make sure that you're just, how do we let people into our circle during 2020? We're, we're being safe, most of us. We're, we're being careful, you know, distancing ourselves from one another, and it's hard. It's hard to figure out how we can expand our social circle and bring people into our life in this strange and challenging year. One study I read said that the increase in isolation and loneliness during the first month of uh, COVID-19, that loneliness had increased 20 to 30%. This is not okay. This is not the marker of a healthy group of people. To be healthy, we must bring people in, and COVID is, is kind of forcing us apart, but we must find new ways. There are four ways, Valence says, that we find health and that we can have a, a, a well-adjusted kind of retirement. Number one was expanding our social circle. Number two was relearning how to play when we retire. Anybody like to play? I love to play. Number three was embracing creativity, to find things that we can create, to embrace our creativity. Number four was lifelong learning. So what I'm going to encourage you to do today is to focus on, number one, this primary, this ultimate thing that we must do to have a healthy, well-adjusted retirement, to bring people in. And how do we do that in 2020? To embrace another one of these top four attributes. Creativity, to engage our brains in figuring out how we do this important thing in our own lives to remain healthy. So we've got to be creative. There's a famous preacher by the name of Fred Craddock. And Craddock tells this story from his very first pastorate when he was a a young preacher right out of seminary. He went and served a congregation outside of Oak Ridge, Tennessee. His very first call. And in that church, uh, he he recognized a pattern, you see, that was at the time when Oak Ridge was being developed as this nuclear site, right, where all the nuclear plants were being erected at that time. And so he noticed that uh, an influx of people were coming into his community. He would drive around, he would spot RVs and pickup trucks and tents with all of these people, workers coming from who knows where, into Oak Ridge to help build this nuclear power plant. And so he thought, oh, wow, what an opportunity. Our church can reach out to them. We can bring them into our church. We can, we can build a strong church. Yeah! 
So he thought, what a great idea. So he approached his church leaders, and he said, I've got this great idea. We're going we're gonna to reach out to these people, and here's the plan. And his church leaders were like, <clears throat> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know that they're going to fit in here. I'm going to try to get my East Tennessee accent going. <laughs> I don't know if them people are going to fit in here. I, listen, we're not that redneck in East Tennessee. I don't know if they're going to fit in here, they said to young preacher Craddock. I, I don't know. They're, they're just temporary. They're just here building. They're temporary. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. No matter how hard Craddock tried, he couldn't convince them to reach out to these people. But the leaders decided to call for a congregation-wide vote the next Sunday. And so the next Sunday came, and they had this church business meeting. And as soon as the meeting got off, a member raised their hand and said, I move that in order to be a member here at this church, you must own property in the county. The motion was quickly seconded. All in favor, aye. The motion passed. End of conversation. Now, fast forward year, decades. Craddock is now a famous preacher. He's known all over the United States and beyond. And he has a speaking engagement in the East Tennessee area. And he's now married and his wife is with him. And he invites his wife to go on a drive to Oak Ridge to see if they can find this old church where his very first pastorate was. And so they, they make their way to Oak Ridge and they're driving around and the community has changed since he was there. The roads have changed, but he manages to find this old white church building where he was the first pastor. And he pulls into the parking lot, parks, and to his surprise, the parking lot is filled. Cars and pickup trucks and motorcycles, just parking lot is completely filled. And to his surprise as well, there's a marquee by the old church building that reads, Barbecue! All you can eat! Craddock and his wife can't help but be curious, so they go inside, and all the old familiar pews are kind of pushed against the sides of the, of the walls, and the, the organ is kind of stuck in a corner collecting dust, and there's tables and chairs and people eating barbecue chicken, barbecue pork, having a good old time, and Craddock whispers to his wife, he says, it's a good thing this isn't a church anymore because all these people wouldn't be let in. <laughs> See, a healthy church brings people in. And a healthy human brings people in. Now, it's 2020 and it's challenging this year, but just because we may be retreating from a contagion does not mean that we have to retreat from connection. Just because we're retreating from COVID does not mean that we have to retreat from community. No, we, we, we engage our creativity. We figure out ways. And I love, I love over these past few months having watched you figure out how to do this. There, there's been some remarkable stories coming out of, out of you figuring out how to connect with one another. For instance, there are small groups, a couple of small groups that gather every Sunday morning around a large screen TV and watch our services. How are you guys doing? Love you. Mwah. I know of one lady who gathers with a small group, three other ladies. Once a week, they play bridge together. They play bridge 
They trust each other to be safe during the rest of the week. And so one day a week, they come together and play, play bridge. I know of several 80-year-olds and even a few 90-year-olds who are just Zoom queens and kings. They're Zooming with their family. They're Zooming with their friends. They're Zooming into our church online meeting. They're Zooming away. Zoom, 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 80, 90 years old. I know one couple who met with a, a couple that they hadn't seen in years, some old friends across uh, Zoom, and they played a, a board game, Scategories, I think it was. Also know uh, uh, some folks who, with their neighbors, they gather every week in a common driveway, and they park their, their lawn chairs and social distance and uh, enjoy good conversation. There, there have been so many creative ways that people have remained connected to one another. It just takes a little, a little creativity. So back to Ephesus, Paul, writing to this church that he loves, and they're a good, strong church, but they're, they're, they're just having a few issues with, with unity, and he reminds them, reminds them that they need each other. They need each other. If they're going to be a healthy church, they're going to need each other. And so here's what, here's what Paul writes at the end of this passage that I, that I read to you, he said, from the whole body joined and knit together, I love that, knit together, by every ligament with which it is equipped, as each part is working properly, properly promotes the body's growth in building itself up in love. A single strand of yarn isn't much good, is it? But when you put it in the hands of a skilled artisan, it can become something beautiful when knit together with many, many other strands. Friends, we are called to be knit together with one another to make something beautiful, not to be isolated, not to be alone. That's not our calling. It's not, and it's not healthy. It's not good for us. And so my challenge for you this week is to do one thing, one overture to someone to bring into your circle, to widen your circle by one. Make a, a stranger into an acquaintance or an acquaintance into a friend or a friend into chosen family. One overture this week to knit yourself together because we need each other right now. And here's what I want you to do as you do that. I want you to tell COVID this. You say, you can distance me, but you cannot doom me to loneliness. You can distance me, but you cannot doom me to isolation. You give that virus a piece of your mind. <laughs> because what the world needs now is love. Thanks for tuning in to the Clergy Chick Podcast. Until next time, keep on shining.